0: Podcast. and this is episode number six. Before I get into the topic for this week, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. If you have left a review or rated this show, I genuinely appreciate that because the feedback so far, and I know that we are only five episodes in, but the feedback has been so encouraging. And I'm so excited to continue sharing my perspective and my guest perspective and just the advice and stories that we are sharing with the world. So if you are new here, I'm your host. I'm Ren Michelle. This is a show where we talk about life and spirituality in a very real way. And I get to share my stories from my own journey and give you some insight and hopefully some very practical tools that will inspire you to get to know yourself on a deeper level. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the power of sound and the power of frequency. I thought this would be such a great topic because we are literally on the heels of December 1st and one thing that comes with the holiday season Is always Christmas music. Music affects every person on the planet, but the majority of people don't even realize just how powerful and how influential songs and music and sounds and frequency really is. So a few years ago, I had no idea how impactful songs were. How impactful music was. I knew on a very surface level because I was married to a musician who was also a songwriter. And we spent the majority of our relationship at writer's rounds or in the studio with him recording or at concerts and performing. And I was in that world so submersed because I love music so much. I can remember when I was probably in middle school, I would come home from school and go straight to my bedroom and I had a boom box that took cassette tapes, which definitely shows my age, <laughs> but um, I would listen to the radio and I'm pretty sure back in the day it was called Y-107 maybe was the radio station. Pretty sure that was it. Anyway, doesn't matter. But I would listen to the radio and wait for my favorite song to play. And when it would come on, I would press the record button on the boom box and I would record my favorite song that way to the cassette tape. And then I would listen to that cassette tape over and over and over. I was the queen of making a mixtape. Let me just tell you, (laughs) I loved songs so much. And I think it was because I felt seen. In some of the songs, and the, I had a different perspective on it. I think even as a teenager, because I was more curious about who actually wrote the song. I think most most people probably think that the artist is the one who writes the song. And today, I think that's more true than ever. But back in the nineties, and you know, way before that, most artists didn't write their songs, so. Each one had a show called Behind the Music. And they would talk to songwriters who wrote songs like Wonderwall by Oasis or How Do I Live from Leanne Rhymes and Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. And then Sync was so popular. I was such a fucking fangirl. And they came out with you, know, God must have spent a little more time on you. I just remember thinking and dreaming and wishing that one day I would be the girl in those songs, that I would be the girl that the guy was singing about. And then I grew up and somehow I actually became the girl that some of those songs were written about. (laughs) And I would be walking through the grocery store or in line at the checkout counter and hear a song that was written about me play throughout the entire store. And that was a really wild feeling that I will never forget. And it still happens sometimes to this day. Back then, I had no idea how powerful music could be. I think as you grow, you begin to realize just how much of an impact specific songs have on Your life, some songs are like a timestamp. I can hear a certain melody and I know exactly where I was the second I heard that song for the first time. I can tell you what season it was, who I was with, what we were doing. There's just some songs that just imprint on your life at specific moments when you're going through things or growing up or, you know, struggling or having the best time of your life it's very easy to relate all of those moments to music. And for a long time, I've always wondered, is it the lyrics that make that song stand out to me? Or is it the music? It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Like you can't have one without the other. You can have instrumental music, but I think that they are both as equally important to the process of making a great song. A few years ago, when I started my own healing journey and started to really meditate and use sound to help me meditate, music and frequencies took on an entire different meaning for me. And I want to share what I learned with you because it changed everything. It changed the music that I chose to listen to, it changed what I chose to watch, what I let my child watch. It was like someone turned on the light switch and I didn't even know it was dark, if that makes any sense. I started researching sound healing and how you could use specific sounds, vibrations, and frequencies to release trauma or stored energy in your body. And I became very intrigued Because a part of my brain was like, it can't be that easy. It really can't be that easy to listen to this song. And if my back is hurting, listening to this song is going to make it stop. Like that just seems too good to be true. So I want to explain to you guys how music can actually affect your physical body, your mind and body, as well as everything around you at any moment. It's all in a constant state of vibration. And sound is a vibration that resonates with your soul. It can literally be felt in every fiber of your body, which is why sometimes when you hear a song for the first time, like you'll get cold chills or the hair will stand up on your arms. I don't think that many people stop to actually think about the sounds that are always around us wherever we are. Anything from the annoying sound of your alarm clock the sound of traffic, the sound of noise, or it could be something uplifting like meditation music. Then there's also iconic and familiar sounds that you just know what it is as soon as you hear it without even looking at it. Like, I've never even seen the movie, but I know when I hear. That's from Jaws. Sound is connected to so many things, and it's also connected to you and me personally because your character, your energy, your vibe, that is the soundtrack of your life. And sound has the power to hurt us, but also to heal us. There's so many incredible songs that are birthed through pain. And if you think about it, like what really is sound? Sound is all about vibrations. The source of a sound, it vibrates and it'll bump into some air molecules and then it results in this wave of vibrations that travel through the air, gets into your eardrum, which also vibrates. So when was the last time that you really listened to a sound? Like you actually listened to music intentionally or listened to birds chirping or if you noticed the construction out your window or when you really listen to another person speaking, probably wasn't that long ago, but have you ever thought about the frequency of that sound? Probably not. And the truth is that the frequency of the vibration from the sounds in your environment can have such a huge impact on your health, on your mood, on your well-being, on your state of mind, And understanding this can literally empower you to use sound to improve the quality of your life, to literally improve your health. What is sound healing is a question that I get a lot, because if you are not familiar with my work, I have a sound healing and meditation studio, and I do group sound healing sessions where a small group of people will come in, they'll lay on a mat, they'll have an eye mask. And I use some essential oils and then I play specific frequencies and specific songs in the background, but I also play specific instruments that are tuned to specific notes over your body. And I use this to help people heal and move and release energy. It's not a new age woo-woo thing. The use of sound waves for healing, it isn't some ancient tradition that has been revived by New Age practitioners. This has been used for centuries across so many different cultures. And you've probably heard of Tibetan singing bowls. The monks, they chanted. A lot of Indian tribes, they they did drumming circles. And those are just a few examples of like ancient tools that are still used today in many alternative healing modalities. I think that it has been so popular for so long because it actually truly works. And if you think about it, centuries ago, people didn't have a CVS or a Walgreens to drive through to get a prescription for anxiety or to get a prescription for depression. So the tribes then use sound to break up any stuck energy in any part of a person's body that was making them have a physical reaction or a symptom of something going on in their environment. So I started to incorporate sound healing with meditations because for me, it was so much easier to tap in that way, to just sort of get out of my head and into the moment. And it worked so well for me that I wanted to help other people be able to do the same thing. So think about it as if traditional meditation, silent meditation, mantra meditation, those types of meditations are kind of like taking the stairs. But a sound bath is what a lot of people call a sound healing. If you do a sound healing meditation, that's more like taking the elevator. It's going to get you to where you're trying to go a little bit faster. So Every person has a very individual and very unique relationship with sound just in general. And each person that experiences one of my sessions is going to have a different experience. And even people who come on a regular basis, each session they have a different experience depending on where their own personal energy is in the moment and what instruments and what frequencies I'm going to play during the session also has an impact on how they react to their specific session that they come to. So one of the main things that sound healing does is it puts your body into a parasympathetic state. And when you're in a sympathetic state, that is your fight or flight state. Whether that is invoked from stress or pain, your body is surging with cortisol and that's not healthy for you. So whenever you can get into a parasympathetic state, that starts to affect you on an emotional and a psychological level. And it increases antibody production. So you'll get better immunity. It'll decrease your cortisol, which will help you decrease high blood pressure. And it also helps you tap into alpha and theta brain waves. An alpha brainwave is just a pure state of physical and mental relaxation. And a theta brainwave is the brainwave that you're in when you're sort of daydreaming. And it's also the brainwave that you can get into whenever you're dreaming in your sleep. So when you're in those two types of brainwave patterns, you can be a lot more alert during the day. And then at night, you get to go into a much deeper sleep, which is when healing really occurs on an internal level in your body. So every instrument that I use is tuned to a different vibration in order to retune your body. During my sessions, for some people it is relaxing, for others it's eye-opening, for some it's intense, others it's shocking, or even just like creatively stimulating. And some people actually experience synesthesia for the very first time during my sessions which if you've never heard of synesthesia before, it's a condition that heightens and combines your physical senses. So some people might hear a music note and they will see a color or shape. They might feel or smell or even taste colors in sessions. And interestingly enough, a lot of really popular musicians also experience synesthesia whenever they're recording or performing their songs like John Mayer, Billy Eilish, Beyonce, Stevie Wonder, Frank Ocean, Billy Joel. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And when you think about those people, they are super creative and just kind of tapped in because their music almost seems like it's on a whole other level. Kanye West, for instance, he sees pianos like when someone plays a piano, any note on a piano, he sees it as a blue. And then he sees like a snare drum as the color white. So it could be that you could see different colors. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's the end all be all color. I mean, he might say that it is, but whatever colors you see are perfect for you But sound has such an amazing power to heal on a very physical level, as well as an emotional level and a spiritual level. We each have seven main energy centers in our body, and they are referred to as chakras. If you have never heard the word chakra, and you think that I'm talking about some type of food, or I accidentally coughed, or you've never heard that word before. The word chakra means wheel in Sanskrit. Think of it as the spinning wheels of energy that run up and down your spine in your body. They connect to certain nerve bundles and to certain major organs in your body. But the chakras, they need to stay open or stay balanced in order to function at their best. If you have a chakra that is blocked, you will start to have physical or emotional symptoms that are connected to that specific chakra. So they start at the base of your spine and they extend into the crown of your head. And there's actually 114 different chakras in your body, but these are the seven main ones that most people begin to work with. So don't focus too much on them. I'm going to do a completely separate episode going over all the chakras just realized that there's kind of these little spinning energy balls that run all up and down your spine that control your own energy levels and how you feel. When I learned this, that's when I got really into sound healing and incorporated sound healing into my meditations. The way that sound healing works is our bodies are made up of over 70 percent of water and sound Will make water vibrate. So with the crystal sound bowls that I use in my sessions, when I play those around you or over your body, the water in your body will start to vibrate, which will break up any stuck or blocked energy in any of your chakras. So each chakra has a specific note that it correlates to. If I play that specific note over your body and your chakra is blocked, It's going to vibrate that energy to help release it out of your body. That's why a lot of times when people leave a session, they feel clear or they just feel so much lighter. And it's because the energy that was kind of stuck in certain places is now broken up. So it can flow a lot easier. Depending on what instruments I play during a session depends on where you might feel the actual vibration from the instrument in your body. So. If I played like the drums, anything with a low tone, you're going to feel it in your lower chakras. If I play anything in a higher range, you're going to feel that in your higher chakras from your heart to your crown. So each chakra correlates with a specific musical note. You don't have to remember this, but I'm going to give a list just in case you're curious. And I'll also put this in the show notes. But the root is C. C. The sacral is D, the solar plexus is E, the heart is F, the throat is G, the third eye is A, and your crown is B. I'm going to give you an example so that you can kind of tie this back to your own life and see how this actually works. If you ever hear a song that instantly makes you cry, like Adele, her voice, there's just something about it that when she sings, it makes me so emotional the hair on the back of your neck could stand up, you could get cold chills, like people could cry, you can just feel it. And a lot of times with my ex-husband, whenever we would do writer's rounds, he would sing songs. And they were very personal, emotional songs to him. But you would look around the crowd and every person in this bar is crying. Because the notes that he played specific songs in the notes that he sings, they touch people in a way that is very unexpected, in a way that a lot of times they don't even know why they're crying. They just can feel his emotion through the notes. A really practical example is if you have ever heard the song Back That Ass Up by Juvenile, if you're younger than 30, you may not have ever heard that song. So just Google it, <laughs> or I'll put a link to that in the show notes also. But back in my day, Whenever that song would come on, the very first note would hit. Everybody knew what song that was. And instantly, when you hear the first beat drop, a part of your body would start to move. You would just start to dance. The reason that as soon as you hear that first note of that song, you start dancing is because the first note is D. D is your sacral chakra. That's your passion center. That's your sexual desire. And then the next note that they play is C, which is your root, and then E, which is your solar plexus. So it's literally the lower three chakras are the first notes of that song. So as soon as you hear the B drop on that, your whole body just starts to dance. And if you think about it, if you Google the lyrics to that song, it's literally saying the same words over and over and over and over. But that song was such a fucking smash. Because when it came out, clubs were really popular and people would go to that club and they would dance. All you have to do is play back that ass Up" by juvenile and the dance floor is going to be packed. Because those notes resonate on such a level with your lower chakras that it makes your body want to move and you think it's just because Oh, I really like this song. There's a whole lot more to it than that. <laughs> it just blew my mind because I was like, why are we not taught this in school? Like, this is really important and impactful information. So this works with music that you can listen to in your car. It works with music that you listen to at home. It's not as intense. It's not the same experience as coming to a sound healing. But you can still experience benefits if you listen to the right types of music and the right songs and the right frequencies through headphones at home, which it's so fucking powerful. So if you're interested to maybe try a sound bath at home, I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can listen to some of the playlists that I actually use in the sessions that I do in person. I would definitely suggest listening with headphones and not necessarily while you're driving. A lot of times I'll listen when I'm in the bathtub, like soaking in the tub in water. I meditate really easily in water just with headphones on. So please don't electrocute yourself. I'm not trying to get sued, but if you want to try that, um, please be my guest. But yeah, I'll put the link to those playlists in the show notes so you can get that. So I want to bring this back around to the season that we are currently in, which is the holiday season and just show you how you can start to observe the way that certain sounds make you feel. Take one of the most distinctive or inescapable, depending on your perspective, elements of the holiday season is Christmas music. And it's just this familiar collection of songs that begin to take over literally every radio station and filter through every coffee shop in every retail store, usually beginning right around Thanksgiving weekend. And it essentially becomes the soundtrack for the entire month of December. But what is it about Christmas music that you either love it or you hate it? I was curious about the characteristics of specific Christmas songs, because the most obvious aspect, of course, is going to be the lyrics like all of these songs have some key themes that talk about either home or parties or snow or love or heartache or sorrow. But I think the main word that just encompasses all of Christmas songs is nostalgia. The world of a Christmas song, it just, it uses all these visual imagery words to make you think of firesides and presence under a tree, snow falling and mistletoe. And that's very intentional on the songwriters part. They write these songs with people singing them in a community setting in mind. And they make the hook so fucking catchy that it will draw in the entire audience. And it's literally like they write these songs depending on how singable they are, if that's even a word, singable. But the song will work best whenever it's sung as a group. So think about, like, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I don't think anybody would say that's their favorite song, but everybody in America probably knows the words. And here's the thing about Christmas songs. They are pretty much, with only a few exceptions, the exact same songs that they play year after year after fucking year. White Christmas, I'll Be Home for Christmas, Blue Christmas. All of these Christmas songs, and they talk about mistletoe and sleigh bells, and it's not anything that's that's really real life. Like, I mean, I've seen mistletoe and I've heard sleigh bells, but I'm not snowed in and wrapping presents and going Christmas caroling. <laughs> I mean, I think in, in everybody's mind, like, yeah, that would be great if that was real life, but it's not. Um, so I thought, I was like, okay, what is the general theme of Christmas songs? And it basically comes down to you hear a Christmas song, it will either make you happy or sad. So it focuses on happiness or sorrow. Most of the Christmas songs are either bittersweet, also could be timeless. They're songs that evoke emotion through specific notes that are in the song and also specific words, because words and your tone of voice also has a very specific frequency that can tap into different chakras in your body. So the two notes that I found that the most popular Christmas songs have in them are F, which is the note of the heart, and C, which is your root chakra. So if you think about it in all these songs, the very first note they're playing is a note that resonates with your heart chakra. So if your heart is open and you hear a Christmas song that starts with the note F, like all I want for Christmas is you, you're gonna feel loving, like you're gonna feel giddy, like you're just gonna be excited. But if your heart chakra is closed or blocked, you're gonna be like, fucking, I hate this song. Like her voice is so annoying. How many times can they play this? Like I'm over it. And then you pair that with the next note, which is C, which is your root chakra. And that is where your safety and your security lives and your foundation. So when you think about it from a very spiritual perspective, point of view, if I'm going to write a Christmas song, and I want it to touch people, if I want it to be a song that is played year after year that people love, I'm going to start with F and C as my two notes for the melody. And I'm going to sing in those notes, because I want people to feel love and safe and secure this Is the foundation for childhood or like how they grew up or how they wanted to grow up. So take that on the flip side of If I'm writing that song, and that's my intention, but the person hears it, whose two chakras that I'm targeting are closed, they are going to be the Bahumbug humbug crowd, the, the crowd that doesn't like the song. And if they don't like the song, then you think, okay, well, if they don't like the song, their heart chakra is probably blocked or closed. And then they also probably don't feel safe or secure at whatever they're in in their life with their family with their loved ones, with their partner, with themselves. So they're not going to like the song. So the more that my brain sort of dissected the way that all these songs are written and the way that they are intentionally marketed to people to make you feel specific emotions, I realized just how much power a song could have and a melody could have and a frequency could have. And that led me to another very interesting story that I'm actually going to do a separate episode for because, as much as I would like to keep it short, whenever I get into conspiracies, I tend to get really into it. And it's so fascinating. So, if you're curious about how a specific organization used sound to manipulate members, listen to the next episode because if you're anything like me, your mind's going to be blown. So that's going to do it for this episode. And I hope that you heard something that maybe you didn't know already and something that maybe made you think or maybe want to research something else. That's the entire point of this podcast. And if you are interested in attending a sound healing in person, check the link in the show notes for available times in December. I hope that you have the most incredible week whenever you're listening to this. Happy Thanksgiving. I love you. I'm so grateful that you're here and I will see you again on the next episode.